Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is The Blue Planet and Blue Planet 2. Today we will be discussing Blue Planet 2, Episode 4, titled Big Blue. Uh, Yet another really, really good, really, really fascinating episode uh, that I enjoyed immensely. So, this episode, although it has a very different name, is basically an updated version of the original Blue Planets episode on Open Oceans. Much like the last episode was an updated version of the Coral Reefs episode, and the episode before that was an updated version of the Deep episode. Sort of a running theme where pretty much uh, the vast majority of the episodes of Blue Planet 2 are basically updated, refined, modernized versions of episodes of the original series. And much like those two episodes I just mentioned, this episode does an amazing job of hitting on basically all the same basic bullet points of that original Open Oceans episode, while also, as I said, updating it, modernizing it, refining every single aspect to just make it a superior version of that episode in pretty much every possible way. Uh, It does an incredible job of, much like the original Open Oceans episode, portraying the vastness of the big blue of the open ocean, Uh, comparing it very aptly to a desert really early on, uh, and portraying the difficulty of life in the open ocean, of portraying the massive amount of hoops sea creatures have to jump through to survive in that barren, vast, unforgiving environment. Uh, how far animals have to travel for uh, stuff as simple as food and mating. Uh, the big breaks that essentially have to come based on luck in order for certain sea creatures to survive. Uh, they do a, an amazing job of portraying that at pretty much every possible point. Uh, there's a scene about midway through the episode that I think illustrates this perfectly, where there's just a blue shark just sort of wandering around, hasn't eaten for two months, and it's like, man, I could use some food. And then it gets a scent of this whale carcass, and it's like, yeah, I got some food, and just rushes over to the whale carcass, uh, which has already been partially eaten. Then a great white comes along, The blue shark just basically cowers in fear like, okay, great white, you can have it. It rips off a bunch of it, and then the blue shark comes in and is like, yeah, I'm eating this whale carcass now. And then it swims away like, all right, I'm good for another two months. Like, there's literally adaptations like that where animals have to, like, have this, like, reserve of sustenance. Uh, have to be 
satiated for long periods of time because otherwise they're screwed. Uh, there's another segment towards the end of the episode involving uh, an albatross breeding site. And once the chick is hatched, like, they have to venture out uh, sometimes thousands of miles to get just a single meal for the chick. Like, it's insane. It really, really is. Uh, but these creatures, they somehow manage? Cool. Uh, so, a very early on segment, and this is the type of segment we've seen a bunch of times before, but I honestly believe this is the best version of it. Uh, there are these lanternfish that are gathered in this massive, massive swarm. Just a massive uh, group of lanternfish. They're just going around, minding their own business, and then everyone and their mother tries to eat them. You get dolphins coming in, eat them. Uh, tuna coming in, eat them. Sailfish, eat them. Rays, eat them. Like, it's just this feeding frenzy, which is very rare in the open ocean, by the way. David Attenborough is very quick to point that out. And, oh my god, how they shot this, I will never understand. Because there is so much detail in it. There is such a wide scope to it. Uh, it is so hauntingly beautiful. Uh, there are times where it will cut to the surface, and it'll just be this, like, vast swath of rippling. From the effects of this massive, massive feeding frenzy. And it's just like, holy shit. <laughs> like, this is so huge. And then they cut da back down there. And they're just showing, like, very graphic detail of this hunt. And it's just like, holy crap. Like, this is probably the biggest, most epic sequence uh, Blue Planet has ever crafted. And it is... Brilliant. It is exhilarating and phenomenally shot. Like, it's so, so good. Uh, and then, of course, uh, all the lanternfish are eaten, and pretty much all that's left is just a bunch of scale remnants. And I kind of knew that was coming. My brother just yelled out, Assassino. Uh, I'm not sure if that got picked up on the mic, but if it did... You're welcome for that, I guess. Uh, whatever. I, I knew it was coming. I was just waiting for it. So, that happened. Uh, there are also multiple segments involving whales. Uh, and actually, both instances involve uh, whale calves. Interestingly enough, uh, there's this one segment that uh, follows this one pot of whales, this one mother caring for her calf. Uh, they go on a little hunting excursion down to the depths, and the calf gets like a certain, a certain way down, and then it's just like, nope, can't hold my breath yet. And then just rises to the surface, and it's like, guess I'm gonna wait here for the adults to come back with food. Oh, well. Uh, and it was actually kind of a cute segment. Uh, there was another one that involved 
this giant whale. I can't remember what specific type of whale it was. I am a, I'm an idiot. Uh, but there was like this really big whale that was just making the trek to its uh, breeding site, making the trek to the place where it will give birth to apparently like as many as 300 babies, which, oh boy. <laughs> and it goes there and we don't know everything, but we know it's like somewhere in the Galapagos Islands. Uh, and so it goes there, it's greeted by like this vast array of creatures that are there because like the currents have stirred up this mass amount of nutrients and it's just like perfect it's like this hub of life and it uh it goes in it gets rammed against by like blue sharks that are just trying to uh knock the parasites off of them and then it goes down and then it just disappears and we don't know where the actual quote-unquote nursery is but it's there somewhere. Oh, by the way, speaking of, like, hubs of life, I totally forgot to mention this, but uh, they do mention my favorite element of the last episode, uh, the last Open Ocean episode uh, from the original. They do mention my favorite thing, which is, like, the communities formed around floating objects. Uh, specifically, they follow, like, a floating log that just has this entire ecosystem around it because it's, like, perfect shelter. God, it's so fascinating. I love that. I love those bits. Uh, there's also another segment, which is probably my favorite part of this episode, uh, involving the king of the oceans, uh, the one true god of the open seas, the greatest sea creature of all, rubber duckies. <laughs> there's literally a scene where they talk about this, like, massive, uh, spill of rubber duckies from some shipping container somewhere. There's a bunch of them. Uh, they fell off a boat near the coast of Alaska. And they've just been floating around. And they've gone all over the goddamn world. Some of them ended up in Australia. Some of them ended up in Russia. Some of them ended up in the Arctic. One got to Scotland somehow. It's like, my god, <laughs> they've been all over the freaking map, and it just, like, it's this perfect demonstration of how powerful currents are and how interconnected uh, all the planet's waters are by these currents. Uh, it's so cool. It it's really, really cool, and I loved it. Uh, there's also this one segment involving a very aptly named sea creature called Man of War. It's literally man o war And it's, like, kind of similar to a jellyfish, but also not in any way. And it's got, like, this membrane at the top. Like, it sticks its head out of the water and uses its little membrane as a sail to just sail around. Uh, and it's got these, like, 30-meter-long tentacles that just shock the shit out of anyone who shows up. Small fish, humans in rare instances, like it is just a brutal hunter. 
Small fish comes up to tentacles. Tentacles paralyzed. Tentacles gobble up small fish. Uh, and then, in digesting it, it liquefies its kill. Like, it is so brutal. It is so brutal and terrifying. And I love it. <laughs> but, of course... Because this is a more recent installment of Blue Planet, we have to end with the very typical, here's how we're effing up the planet. Which is never not heartbreaking. This time around, uh, they talk about how plastic gets dumped into the open oceans. And it's something like 8 million tons a year, some crazy number like that. And this plastic is just eviscerating ocean life. Uh, sea creatures are getting caught in it, drowning in it, getting brutally, brutally killed because they get trapped and can't get out. And also, even worse, as the plastic sort of breaks down... In the ocean, uh, it combines with other pollutants to basically make straight poison that makes its way right into the fish's mouth and kills them over time. And they show this off in probably the most heartbreaking moment of either of these shows. One of the most heartbreaking sad, visceral moments. You see a whale just sort of carrying around her dead calf. She's been carrying it for days. She doesn't want to let it go. Uh, and these whales, they have pretty big brains. They got pretty big brains so they can experience emotion. And the, everyone in this pod is just devastated over the loss. And one of the last things David Attenborough says is, Yeah, in all likelihood, this calf was probably poisoned by its mother's contaminated milk. This whale mother... Gobbled up some plastic poison. It got into her milk. The milk went to the calf. The calf died because of it. That is in all likelihood what happened. Uh, uh, I don't I don't even like kids, and this breaks my heart. I can't imagine like being a parent watching this. Like, if I was a parent watching this ending, like, I would just be inconfrickin'-solable. Hey, stop dumping plastic into the oceans. Thank you. So, yeah, that's the episode. <laughs> Fun! Fun note to go out on. Uh, actually, this was the midpoint of Blue Planet 2. Uh, we got just three episodes left, and then it's done forever. So, yay! We're so close to the end! Uh, if you like this, 
Favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's the simplest just to push up a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Blue Planet 2 Episode 5. Talk to you then.